Good morning. You guys have a seat. Welcome to Bethel. We are so glad that you're here today. Um, you guys, summer, I was looking at the calendar yesterday and summer break, the kids start school in less than six weeks. Is that like, yes, or is that like, oh, I don't know. It depends on who you are in the crowd. We got some teachers in the crowd. I don't know. They need a little bit more time, right? Um, I don't know. I'm not really ready to do math homework again. I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying my break. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, only one. Okay, so hopefully you guys have had a great summer. You got six weeks left, okay, to fit in all the fun things that you've ever wanted to do in life. You got six weeks, so use your time wisely. If you guys are visiting with us today, we are so glad that you're here. So glad that you found us and that you're joining us today. And we would love to connect with you. And the easiest way to do that is to go to mybethel.cc connect. And there's a little form to fill out there to put your name and information in there. If you're in the building with us this morning, uh, the seat back in front of you also has a QR code. And you can um, get some information there as well. We would just love to see how we can better serve you. Um, we are in the middle of our series called Acceptable Lies. This is a weird one, right? Like a weird thing to think about. This morning I was thinking, you know, that one thing that like the surprise party, like you have to lie a lot. That's okay, right? Right? I guess. I don't know. What do you guys think? And like, like I remember like we get a present for dad and I'm like, don't tell dad. And it's like I'm telling my kids to lie to their father, right? Is that acceptable? I don't know. Is it, right? Pastor? I don't know. <laughs> so, acceptable lies. That's not exactly the way we're going to be talking about it today, but we're going to be learning a little bit more about some of the things that we believe that maybe aren't true. So, let's go ahead and get started this morning. Acceptable lies. Good morning, Bethel. How you guys doing? Good to see you guys. I feel like I haven't like spoken in forever. So today it's going to be about an hour and fifteen minutes. Is that good? Okay, that's a that's a lie. That's not that's not even acceptable. That's just a lie. Okay. Um, today we're going to jump in, and we're going to actually be in Second Corinthians. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there. Live event as well. Uh, let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into this acceptable lie today. Okay, let's pray. God, this morning it is an honor to be able to come as a family, to be able to gather, to see one another, to give each other hugs and an embrace, and, and God, uh, to be able to just gather in community. I pray that today as we open your word, that your, your truth would be revealed, that you would speak to our hearts, uh, that your word would touch us, and that we would say yes and, and, and realize what our next yes is. Instead of a lie, the truth that we find in God's word. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much for today. Thank you for our family. Uh, what a blessing this is. And thank you for um, our community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to continue the series Pastor Ruben started last week. He laid a foundation for this series, which is the lies that we accept to be true. And so I, I want to clarify that acceptable lies are not those white lies 
that we tell sometimes to get out of a situation, okay? Like, for example, with your kids, and they say, where do babies come from? Oh, when two people really love each other, and they kiss, then these babies, you know, that's this, like these little white lies that we tell that are acceptable in the moment. That's not what we're talking about, okay? Or, or possibly, uh, no, no, that dress does not make you look fat, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Even though in the moment we get saved from the situation, that's really not what we're talking about when we talk about acceptable lies. Acceptable lies are actually lies that we believe. They're these agreements that we make uh, with the world around us, with a statement, and we uh, agree and we accept them. So, 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 for example, somehow there's this idea that God is this gr- angry, grumpy old man sitting in the clouds waiting to strike someone if they step out of line. There's this idea, and that's, an, that's a lie that a lot of people accept to be true in our world. Um, sometimes we think that Jesus loves us more the more we do good things. Like the better I am and the more I behave, Jesus will love me more. And that's a, that's a lie that we, we tend to believe. Uh, what about I am better than other people because I go to church? That's an acceptable lie, okay? And so we're today going to talk through a, an acceptable lie that many of us have not only heard, but we've also maybe shared with people around us. And unfortunately, the church has been the source of many acceptable lies. Um, the church as a whole has told people certain things that has put people into certain bondage with things that are untrue that we don't find in Scripture. So we're going to define this. It'll be here on the screen, the definition of what we're talking about. These are lies that we have made in agreement with ourselves, society, and culture to collectively accept as truth, okay? Now, we're not trying to be super general here, but overall, we accept these lies to be true. The goal of the series is actually to help us identify these lies, expose them for what they really are, and then equip us to speak truth over them and one another so that we know they no longer have power over our lives. And so lies are powerful only when we accept them as truth. If you read scripture, scripture talks about the father of lies. The father of lies is the enemy himself, Satan, the devil, um, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. He is the father of lies, and when there are lies, he is the source, and when we follow lies, we're actually following another father. And these lies lose power in our lives when we actually put them aside and don't believe them anymore. And so this is the one we want to expose this morning, uh, which you've heard or maybe told somebody at some time, which is, don't worry, God will never give you more than you can handle. All right, now who's ever heard that? All right, okay, put your hands down. Who's ever said, no, don't, don't raise your hand if you've ever said that. Um, but I'm sure whether we verbally or non-verbally said it, we've all fought it at one point, like, man, things are tough, but God's not going to give me more than I can handle. Or things are tough and they're going through this really terrible thing, but it's okay. God's not going to give them more than they can handle. The truth is that God many times gives us way more than we can handle so that we'll draw closer to him. The truth is that there are so many things that are insurmountable in our lives as far as situations we get ourselves into, sometimes on purpose or by accident, that we are overwhelmed uh, my, I've been married for 24 years this year. Uh, we have two children that are adopted, and our adoption stories are situations that are 
overwhelming to us. We, we got ourselves into a situation through God's leading that overwhelmed us. And there was this one point in Lily's adoption, and every couple years I tell her story, but I'm not going to go through the whole story, but there's this one point a year and a half after we had Lily, she was a year and a half old, and I was sitting in Panama by myself. Christy and Lily were back in Costa Rica, and I had exhausted all the options I could find and I could go through to actually adopt this little girl. The government said that we couldn't. My lawyer said I had no options. The, my friends said I had no options. I went to um, some community leaders. They said I had no options. And they basically told me that you're at the end of the road. You're going to have to give this girl back to the government or something. And uh, I sat in my uh, friend's house. His name is Norman. Some of you know him. Sat in his house. And I looked up at heaven in this room, and I lifted my fist, and I said, God, if you do, if you take this girl away from me, you're going to find out. I was a pastor. I was a missionary. I was a church planner. And it's like a little ant telling a human, don't step on me, or you're going to find out. It's like, what, what in the world can you do to an all-powerful, almighty God? when we're insignificant as dust. And I said these words, and I just broke down and wept, thinking this is way more than I can deal with. I can't imagine how life is going to be um, on this side. And I'm not even saying anything changed that day. I'm not even saying that I found the answer. That's not true. There was a moment that God took me to this place, and I could do nothing. And it was more than I could handle, not only emotionally, but physically, intellectually. And, and I had run through the whole thing. And obviously, she's sitting right up here on the front row, so everything worked out okay. But in that moment, there was no hope. And I almost was like calling my father-in-law, let's get a jet, let's go, to a, let's go run away. I mean, there's these bad thoughts that came to my head, and I was like, we're going to be fugitive missionaries. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> And that's probably not a good idea, right? So sometimes we believe that God will never send us more than we can handle. That will actually hurt us, and it will hurt people around us in the long run. Because we are creating a God that is not real. We're creating a God in our own image and something that we want to worship because we put God in this category that he's going to only do what's good for me. Now, Pastor Reuben said that God only wants what's good for you, and that is true. But when we think about good, we think about things that are going to make us happy and things that are going to fulfill us. That's, that's how we categorize good. And so when we don't feel good, and if we feel like we're on edge or we feel like we're going to lose, we end up judging God for somebody that he never claimed to be. When we believe this lie, there's three things that'll happen. It'll actually weaken our faith because our situations are tied to our perceptions of God. And so if we believe that God's never going to send us something we can't handle, it'll weaken the faith that he has put in our, put in our lives or that we've grown with him. The, this will also cause us to ignore our circumstances. Have you ever been around someone that is extremely ill, um, has some kind of disease, and yet they just say, no, no, God's not going to give me more than I can handle, and they just continue down the path right into the grave. Have you ever been around someone like that? I have, without actually acknowledging the current circumstance they're in, sickness or danger or preparation for the future. 
And then the third thing is it will cause us to wait to act, thinking it will get better. So when we read through Scripture, though, this specific idea comes from a cherry-picked verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read it quick. I'm going to make a commentary, then we're going to get into the meat of the passage. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, this is where this idea comes from. It says, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Great advice at any time. If you think you're set up, and you've, you've probably experienced this in your own life. I've experienced this. We're like, man, nothing can go wrong today, right? I mean, it's like we think that everything's perfect, and then all of a sudden just things fall apart. It says right here, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Then verse 13, this is where we usually get the lie from, is the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And so you see how this verse is twisted to say, God's not going to give me more than I can handle. Specifically, he's talking about temptation or withstanding or escaping temptation. And one thing we know from beginning to end of Scripture is that God is faithful. God will not give us a temptation that he doesn't also give us an escape patch to get away from. The problem is most of us in a situation of temptation of doing evil is we don't see the flashing red door that says you can get out here. We turn and we end up falling into the temptation because we don't see the escape. But God is faithful. We see in Scripture. God is love. We see in Scripture. Pastor Reuben said last week that he wants good for you. He is on your side. He is with you. He is for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he gave his life for you. But in spite of all these facts, all it takes is a few minutes to glance through Scripture and we'll see a list of people after people after person that actually has had all sorts of terrible things happen to them. And these are people that God loved very much and had a specific plan for their lives. For example, Job. Have you read that story? He lost everything. His family, his possessions, his health, he lost it all. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were like, find themselves in a fiery furnace. I mean, bad stuff happened that they could not handle. What about their friend Daniel that got thrown into a lion's den? Wouldn't you like to be there to see that? Not necessarily in the lion's den, but wouldn't you like to be there to see it? Um, one of my hopes when I was a kid was that when I get to heaven, God will have like this big 4K, 6K screen, and I didn't know what that was when I was a kid, but I'm saying it now, is like a big screen and just show me the stuff that happened, you know, in Scripture. Uh, show me that when he got thrown in the lion's den and how that all worked out. What about Joseph sold into slavery by his own brothers? What about Elijah as he went through incredible depression? What about all the prophets? Every single one of them were killed. What about David who was chased by Saul? Peter was crucified for following Jesus. Every one of the apostles was killed eventually because they claimed Jesus. And if you think God's not going to give you more than you can handle, wait till you're at the end of death, you're at the end of life, simply for following him. And the list goes on and on and on. And if God allowed this to happen to these heroes in Scripture, why wouldn't it happen to us? We, we have this idea in our, in our comfortable lives nowadays that God's never going to let anything bad happen to me. But the facts are, we all deal with incredible, overwhelming situations with our health, with our emotions, with the world around us, with situations we get ourselves into, and with our families and relationships. And Paul gives us insight into God's mind in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll start in chapter 1 and then we'll end in chapter 12. We're going to read all of it. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to read all of it. You guys are like asleep today, okay? Come on now. Chapter 1, verse 8. says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble 
we went through in the province of Asia. So if you've, if you've read anything about Paul, he was a first century missionary that God, Jesus actually chose to plant churches and reach the Gentiles. Okay, this was a man that was a, a man's man, a Jewish man. He was very religious. God chose him and he began to plant churches. And it says that he wanted us to know about all the trouble that happened in, in Asia. He said, we were crushed and what? Overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Now, if that's not more than you can handle, I don't know what is, but Paul describes it there. He says, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. He did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. As you are helping us by praying for us, then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. At times, we actually will go through more than we can handle for a few reasons. And the first one is sometimes God wants to change our plans. The story of my daughter with her adoption, one of the things God wanted to do is move my family to Panama, and we didn't want to move to Panama. We had just started a church in Costa Rica. How was this going to work? But God wanted us to move to Panama. Things were different and things were stressful. And yet God wanted to slow us down from the trajectory we were on and actually allow suffering to change our course. And you may be in a situation right now where things seem overwhelming and difficult and going through a season that you're not sure where to turn. Maybe, maybe, maybe God wants to change your plans. Many of us are heading in a direction that God is trying to redirect, and he'll often allow difficulty to change our plans like he did with Paul. Maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's a family change, like valuing time together. Maybe it's simply slowing down in our fast-paced world. But many times God will allow hardship in order for, us to change our plan, for him to change our plans. He also does this so that we recognize our limitations. We recognize our limitations. God has a way of showing us how little we can actually control through difficulty. Just have a health concern and you realize how little we have control and life is fragile. We're human. We can endure all sorts of trials and challenges, but we're still human. Humanity is ingenious taking people to the moon. I just got an email yesterday that you can take a space flight. You can sign up and you can fly in space right now and become an astronaut. And the whole goal is for everyone to be an astronaut on Virgin Air. I mean, it's amazing, but we still are affected by gravity and our health and we're limited. Maybe another reason that God allows difficult things is to draw us close to the Father, to draw us close into the Father. He is a father that actually draws us in. Maybe during this season, God is wanting you to get closer to him. It's interesting, kids, uh, those of you that are younger, still living at home, something about you going to your dad and giving him a hug does something to him because you come close. And a lot of us, during certain seasons, we don't want to. We're in adolescence or maybe a certain age, and no, that's not cool, I don't want to hug dad. But there's something about dad and you drawing close to dad. There's something about that. And the father sometimes puts a challenge in your way so that you'll just draw in close. Another reason is he wants you to depend more. 
to depend more. Sometimes it's a simple call of God to, be, to depend on him. Paul himself said, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. We've learned this since we were kids. I mean, it's like, you've got it, you can do it, you, come on, you've got this, you can make this happen, and we've learned to be self-reliant, and we can do this. And yet, Paul said, we learn to rely only on God. Who raises the dead? Isn't this interesting that he threw that in there? Because he thought they were going to die. And he just assumed, we're all going to die in Asia, but God is going to raise us from the dead to continue the mission. That's some incredible trust and reliance. And then the last thing, this is where I want to sit for a little bit, is sometimes he allows difficulties to open our eyes to spiritual realities. To open our eyes to spiritual realities. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 1. And this is Paul again. This is the same letter, and he's writing this letter about difficulties but drawing close to the Father. Look at what he says. He says, this boasting will do no good. So he's been talking a lot about kind of accomplishments, okay? And he says, this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in body, my body, or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was with my body, in my body, or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. And you're like, I thought we were talking about things we can't handle and difficult situations. Here's the other side of the, here's the, other side of the equation. Sometimes God will reveal things to us that is, that is so overwhelming that we don't even know what to do with it. Some God, sometimes God will lead us in a way spiritually that we are so confused about it. And Paul specifically had this experience, and he didn't know exactly how to handle this experience. And some of us make a mistake by saying, God did this supernatural thing in my life, and we begin, we begin telling everybody that if you really want to know God, this supernatural thing has to happen in your life. And what happens to the people that that never happens to? They get discouraged spiritually, they get depressed spiritually, and they say, well, God must not love me because he didn't take me to paradise. Sometimes we have an opportunity, that we have a spiritual opportunity, and we waste it. How many times has God taken you to an incredible experience, and then you made it all about you? Sometimes you'll experience God's miracles along with incredible difficulties, as you can see with Paul. Sometimes incredible, miraculous things happen along the journey of a difficult situation. For three years, we went through this adoption with my daughter, and we just saw God show up over and over and over again. At the same time, in the back of our heads, we just knew someone was going to knock on the door and take her away from us at any moment. And it was extremely stressful. But in the midst of it, it can be so confusing because then we try to understand who God is and that He's trying to accomplish something, and we need to get out of the way and just rely on him. And this is so easy to see written. It's so easy to talk about. And yet when you're in the moment, it is so hard to distinguish. Paul continues there in verse 5. He says, that experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I want to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth but I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Verse 7, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, 
So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. <laughs> Here's what's interesting. When we take credit when good things happen in our lives, I mean, most of us take credit for the good things that happen in our lives, and then when bad things happen in our lives, we look for some, someone to blame. We don't realize that good and bad happens in our lives. Paul wanted to be careful in the boasting, and he knew that a fall was right around the corner. Remember there in chapter 1. He says that God slowed him down with difficulty. He said that God allowed this thorn to actually ground him, to keep him in reality. So here's a question to think about. What difficulties do you have in your life right now? What is going on right now that God is allowing to keep you grounded? What, what is God allowing to keep you from being too proud? Verse 8. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. If you have your Bibles, I want you to circle these next two words, which is so now. So now. Now this is NLT. Yours may say something different. So now... I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, this is the other side that is really frustrating because Paul's, Paul is teaching us a principle that we see from the beginning of Scripture all the way to the end is that our weaknesses is exactly where God wants to work. And, and here's the frustrating thing that goes on in our minds, because God has given us certain abilities and talents, and he gives us a certain maybe work or a career opportunity, and we end up saying, oh, but I'm really, really good at this, and I'm going to focus all my energy, energy here. When I was a teenager, I heard the story of David, and David was this little shepherd, and he stood before Goliath, and, and he, God used him with a little stone to like kill this giant. I'm like, that's cool, but he had to know something. He had to be really good at it, and we try to justify that story by saying, oh, he's super skilled, and he killed a bear, and he killed a lion. Yeah, but who here has killed a bear and a lion with your bare hands? I don't know if anybody's done that. There's something about God working in a little boy that was powerful. And so we end up saying, okay, so I'm going to be weak, and I'm just going to be all timid and weak, and God's going to work through my strength, my power, my weakness. That's really not what Paul's talking about, because Paul was a man's man. He was actually grisly, and people would look at him and be like, oh, this dude, he's like mean. But he said that his weaknesses, where his weaknesses were, is where God showed up, and God did something supernatural. And I read this, and I say, dang it. I wish I could settle this in my heart. I wish I would have settled this in my heart years ago, because I have a tendency to overcome all my weaknesses with my strengths. I, I tend to overcompensate all my weaknesses. I don't like weakness, and most people don't like weakness. I end up not even trying the things that I'm not good at, because I end up quitting on hard stuff because I know that I can't do it. Has anybody ever been there? Okay, we've got one honest person in the room. You're awesome. The truth is we end up saying, well, I failed on that before. I'm not going to try again. I'm not very good at that, so I'm not going to try again. But Paul said, so now. And, and he had this so now moment. And, and today I want to encourage all of us to, to have this so now moment. He says, so now 
I see clearly. So now I can stop freaking out. So now I can accept exactly where I am. And so now I can trust God. And so now I can live with this weakness in this situation. So now. And I, I don't know what your so now moment is, but maybe today there's this so now moment. You've been trying to overcome a weakness or overcome a situation with your own strength. And so now you're going to say, okay, I'm going to rely completely on God. I mean, can we come to boast in our weaknesses? Can we come to have a place where we look at the areas in our lives that are weak and actually be excited about them because that's where God shows up? I'm not saying have a pity party. I'm not saying to have a gloomy look on your face all the time. I'm not saying to look for areas that you know you're not good at and see where God is is just going to do something miraculous. I'm actually saying understand who you are and your limitations and then say, I'm going to rely 100% on God, the same one that raises people from the dead. Because what I've learned and what you can learn is that God has revealed most in our weaknesses. We actually meet God most in our weaknesses. God shows up most in our weaknesses. I've come across this guy through a a friend of mine. His name is Todd Lawler, and some of you may have heard of him. He was born with cerebral palsy, and he's in a wheelchair, and uh, he's, he's he's an older gentleman now, um, his life at first glance seems very limited and very restrained. He gets around in a wheelchair and he has strange speech because of his cerebral palsy, but he's extremely intelligent. He's written a book called um, Weak is the New Strong, and life would seem against Todd. But through faith and through family and through divine circumstances, Todd has lived an incredible life of faith. And in living a life of freedom and service because of his weakness, not in spite of it, but because of his weaknesses. He's the founder of a ministry called Mobilize Ministries, and it's a ministry that meets people right where they are. He can go places that none of us can go because of the situation that he finds himself in. And he goes to these places, into these situations, to share the love of Christ. He has embodied what it means to be strong and his weakness. And I wrote him this week, and I asked him, I said, hey, I'm, I'm speaking about weakness. Can you tell me something that has really been impactful in your life? And he sent me this image uh, with this quote. He said, when you truly believe that God's power flows through your frailty, you can encourage others beyond your own abilities. This is an acceptance of how God has created and designed him and to live beyond your abilities. This is a man who has understood that God shows up best in perceived weakness. What we can learn in Scripture is that God actually will give us more than we can handle, but God will never give us more than he can handle. And that's what we'll see over and over again in Scripture. God will never give us more than he can handle. So, so our question is, what is your next yes? Like, what is the thing that God is trying to teach you, and what is your so now moment? Will you acknowledge that God has given you more than you can handle? I mean, will you say yes to changed plans? Will you say yes to less? Will you say let, yes to dependence on Him? Will you say yes to the Father? Will you say yes to His grace in your weakness? As we read through Scripture, we realize that over and over again, God overwhelms people with circumstances. And our response to that overwhelming sense of freaking out is I'm going to rely or I'm going to keep trying to overcome my weakness. I want to encourage you that your yes today would be, okay, God probably is going to put me in a situation where it's going to be more than I can handle, but he's got it. 
and he knows what's best. And I'm going to try my best to rely on him. Let's pray. God, this morning, as we're thinking about the difficulties of life, and as we're thinking about how many times you put us in a situation that is overwhelming, actually really frustrating, sometimes to the point where we get depressed and we get angry and we get upset and we, we actually talk to you and say, how dare you? And, and God, what you're trying to do is slow us down, maybe change our plans, draw us in and, and help us to rely and depend more on you. And God, it's really easy to look back and say, oh, that's what you were doing. It's a lot harder that in this moment to recognize and to rely on you. You're the father of life and death, and you've given us your son so that we could be reconnected with you, and you've drawn us in with your spirit. And, and God, what we want to do is we want to believe the truth. You'll never give us more than you can handle. You are all-powerful. You are almighty. You know everything. May your spirit draw us into dependence. May your spirit draw us into a yes. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for giving us hope even when things around us seem hopeless. Now, God, help us not to overcome our weaknesses with our strengths, but actually dwell in our weaknesses because that's where you're going to show up. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. How beautiful is that? What a great reminder of his faithfulness after the scripture that we talked about today. The thing that came to my mind is, um, like, if God never gave us anything we couldn't handle, the relationship would kind of be pretty shallow, right? Hmm. It's like, if I can handle it all on my own, do I even really need God? Right. And we're good at a lot of things, and we can do a lot of things on, my own, on our own. But, um, man, you bringing up that day just kind of... Like, my breath got a little shallow, yeah. my heart started pounding a little quicker, as I remember, like, came back to me, I got this call, and you're like, they changed the laws, Christy, they say there's no way, they say we have to give her back, mm. and, and, and unfortunately, I can't tell you guys that my response was, great is thy faithfulness, <laughs> God is so good, he has a plan, that was not my response, I was filled with so much fear, and so much just sadness and overwhelming just all the feelings. Yeah. And I was so sad. I remember actually, he was in Panama, I was in Costa Rica. I remember being in my bedroom and just falling to my knees and just crying in confusion. God, why? I don't understand. And, and you know, God says we can question him. But it was a really hard year and a half after that. Yeah for me and I stink I wish I could look back and see I was such a brave like, can Christian. Can we have a do-over? I mean yeah. let's have a do-over. No I don't yeah. want to do over. Well okay. I don't want to do this again because <laughs> I was just thinking that really the times when we grow are those times when we cannot do it yeah. in our own strength. Yeah. But I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, God, can we make a deal? And I know he doesn't really work like this. But I'm like, if I'm faithful in the good times, can we skip the bad times? I think that's one of the problems is we I try know. to negotiate in those I difficult do. times. I do. It's like, I promise I'll never do this again. And yeah. I'll never whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the if, if we can 
I know there's people here that are going through difficult things right now. I know there's some difficult challenges that, that you're facing. It doesn't matter if it's health or finances or marriage or it doesn't really matter, but the challenges seem overwhelming. And I, and I, I w- the only thing I can think is this so now moment. Like, okay, so I know I'm in this difficult thing. So now I'm going to rest. So now I'm going to trust. So now I'm going to be reliant. And I'm not even... I think the tendency is, okay, God, I'm just going to take my hands off, and you're just going to do it, and I'm just going to go to bed. That's really not right. the, the act of faith. It's the, it's the believing and continuing to like walk active, through life. The yeah, active the act of continuing through life. So I, I didn't even come home that day. I stayed in Panama because I'm like, okay, God obviously has something for me to do. God actually obviously has a mission. Mm-hmm. And so we began to prepare uh, giving up our daughter, which was just like, I, I can't even, it's, it's hard to wrap my mind around that reality, but we were living in that reality in the moment. Um, and so at the time we began to question and find new people that we could talk to and see if there was any possible way. Um, obviously through some circumstances, God did a, did a miraculous thing and we can't take any credit for it. It's like, right. we cannot take, we can't even say, oh, we did this and that's what God did. It's almost just but one of the scariest Miraculous. things was people have good intentions. We all have good oh, intentions. Yeah. Give each other some grace, guys. But I remember people would say to me, oh, don't worry. God's not going to let anything bad happen. And that terrified right. me when people We got those messages that. over and over I'm again. I'm like, oh, my word. There's amazing people that go through horrible experiences every day. Right. Like, we're not excluded from that. And so I knew that something was happening, but... I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Right. And so, I don't know, like that scared me. And people like, oh, God's got this. And he did have it. But they're like, he won't take that baby away from you. He won't allow that to happen. And like I think what makes us scary. The I think it's yeah. scary to, to say those things because we don't know what he's going to do. Right, right. We don't know what scary, horrible things So as hard do. as it is in this moment, in, the, in whatever the dark is in your life, whatever the challenge is, if you can come to a place and say, so now, and then fill in the blank. So now I'm going to trust. So now I'm going to rely. So now is God wanting me to change course? So now who do I need to minister to in this darkness? Because there's other people there with you. Right. Um, and so just have a so now moment. And then what's your next yes? You know, what are you going to say yes to? Unfortunately, I wish we would have learned that week. Yeah. And I think it was multiple times God <laughs> had to like, he had to do this a couple times to us to get us yeah. to rely. And so don't, don't, uh, don't do what we did. <laughs> yeah, Actually try to rest in that. Response, right? yeah, yeah. I'm always like, man, I wish I would have done better. I wish I had a better testimony. Eat that less I could pizza be like, and have a better response. Oh, I think that's why. So uh, we had yeah, a lot of pizza. Did. Yeah, we had um, a lot of pizza. That's how we, we drowned our yeah, depression, you know? Well, because we were living in this little apartment in Panama. A block from Pizza And we walked to Pizza Hut every night. So there you go. Be coping however you can. Okay. I didn't lost That's my train it. of thought. Yeah, so I lost sorry. my train of thought. Sorry. But yeah, so God will give you more than you can handle. Yes, he will. And that's the truth. Yep. And because of that, we just get on our knees and fully just but rely he has on it. him. And he'll never give us more than he can handle. And I think that's there's right. the shift right. in your mind. Knowing that he has it under control, that yeah. we can completely trust in who he is, right. is how we get through it. Yep. So we get through it. Good. So um, thank you guys so much for coming today. And as you leave, just knowing that you can't handle it all and being okay with that, remember that at Bethel we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Have a great week. Love you guys.